believe that your personal life and your professional life are inherently linked. And when you do the work on both sides, you can become the most successful version of yourself. This is a place where wisdom meets leadership, where success meets spirituality. Welcome to Do the Work with Denise Love Hewitt. Today, we are recording at Soho Works in West Hollywood, socially distant, a very COVID-friendly environment. I encourage you to check it out. I'm here today with Marta. Marta May, is that what you go by? Yes. <laughs> Marta is a multi-hyphenate, an influencer, a founder, and a friend. What makes Marta special is that she is a branding genius. You feel like you know her even if you don't. She started Dio Skin, or Do Skin, for those of you that can't do a French accent, um, a couple years ago, an amazing skincare company that just launched. Dio's branding is heaven sent, angels abound, and that vision comes directly from Marta's grief. Her mother passed away seven years ago, and Marta has integrated the experience of moving forward, not moving on, into her work and into her social media. I admire Marta's bravery in exposing what grief looks like. With COVID-19 and a year of loss in a few different senses, I wanted to bring her here to talk about grief, to talk about how to work with it, move with it, and how to honor it. Marta, thank you for being here. Oh my God, thank you so much for having me. That was so beautiful. I think I actually shed a little tear. <laughs> it's okay, we're feeling a lot of feels this week. Yeah, seriously. Thank um, you. Yeah, so I want us, if you could start with just sort of talking us through this really life-changing, profound experience that probably just threw you underwater into 360, what happened seven years ago and sort of the beginning of what, how to deal. Yeah. So my mom passed away seven years ago from stage four breast cancer. And, um, she was diagnosed when I was 18 years old and she was 49 when she passed away, about to be 50. And I had just turned 23. So I was young. I have a sister. She was 19 at the time. And I literally knew no one who had lost a parent. I had one friend from like childhood who lost a parent in eighth grade. I didn't know anyone in college. I didn't have anyone in my like, I didn't know anyone who had, had a, has experienced that kind of loss. So, I mean, it took me for a tailspin and my entire life changed. And I, <laughs> I'm jumping ahead, but like, it's the first year that I'm finally not using like my mom is dead as like an introduction or a personality trait. It is such a huge part of who I am on a day to day, but like how I've transformed as a person in the past year, I've been able to kind of like mature that grief and like really turn it into something positive full circle. And I know that we'll get into that, but like it feels weird to like lead with like my mom died because I I've been used to doing that for so many years and I recently just stopped, so. But here we are. <laughs> here we are. But I think, you know, like our life experiences color who we are. For sure. And I think at different stages of life, we have different tools to deal with different things. Yeah. And so in the evolution of grief, because I can imagine that like, you know, I've, I've suffered some losses in my life, but not a parent. And there's, you know, I watch a lot of TED Talks on the subject because um, I'm just I'm just curious how different people are talking about it. What I love about what you do is you've never been afraid to be exposed, like to expose what you're feeling and how you're feeling it, no matter how messy it is. And I think we need to see more of that. Totally. Because Agreed. otherwise people are like holding it in. Yeah. And so in the evolution of that process, because one of my friends, her father passed away, I guess, maybe like five or six years ago. 
And she says at the same time every year, Mm -hmm. she has like a meltdown. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like mom season. It's for me, it's two months and I'm just a mess. Like I'm I'm in it still kind of because it kind of goes until the holidays where like there'll just be a day where you're like, fuck everyone. And you're like, oh, my God, like it's not it's fine. It's just another day. But that's so real. It really is. Anniversaries are hard. Birthdays are hard. Your birthday's hard. You could find a reason every day to make it hard. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the tools are what have you like flip that. <laughs> yeah. How yeah. But also, I think like the somatic memory too. like your body holds. For sure. Trauma. Yeah. So you're like until you release all of that, which I think that like you're just it's a muscle memory as well. It, it is. Yeah. And grief isn't linear. And that's like my favorite quote that I learned like maybe two years ago. And it makes so much sense to me because just like you said, like we hold trauma in our bodies. We hold trauma in things like my mom's handbag. I brought her like I, I wear her ashes every day and people think that that's weird. I don't think that's weird. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, I don't know. It really what I feel like I want to help normalize is that it really is a part of us every single day. And that's OK. I think it's also like when we talk about it, we talk about moving forward, not moving on. Is that these these the spirits? I personally believe in like past lives and spirits, and you know all that being around us. It doesn't go anywhere. Like they're they're with you, and yeah. so it's normal to also be like I'm. It's with me every day because yeah. they're with me every day. Totally. It's I and that's the other thing. I'm I, I know that we'll get into talking about spirits and like the spirit world, but now that I have a relationship with my mom. <laughs> Again, on the other side, I it feels like I have a mom again. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so fucking sick. Like, I have a mom again. Like I and it's less about loss. It's just about a different kind of a relationship now. So in terms of the grief evolving, because I want to get yeah. to the spirit thing, because I'm personally <laughs> very curious. But so went from being, I'm sure, just like a mess. For sure. Having it be your main sort of like identity piece. Mm hmm. So what 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 has shifted over time? Like how is it morphed? How has it changed? Like what are the tools that you've used to? Yeah, I mean, we can talk about this and it's changed within how I talk to my family and how I deal with my family. It has actually brought us closer now, but for the first couple of years, it totally brought us apart. Like I didn't talk to anyone about it in my family. I would totally shut down. Um, I never went to therapy, which that's just a personal choice. I now I talk to mediums and I talk to angels and I talk to my mom and to me like that's my therapy. I just never felt good. I've tried therapists, I have, but like nothing sticks for me. I just don't want someone who hasn't known me or my mom to tell me how to feel about it. Yeah. I'd rather go through that on my own. And it took me 5 years, but like I got through it and now I feel like I don't need therapy to deal with my mom passing. It takes, I think, my therapist, I found the right one. It's yeah. hard to find the right one. Oh, I should go for, like, relationships and for everything else but grief. Yeah, like, for sure. I definitely need a therapy uh, long term. But um, no, I, I don't know. Well, I think it comes in different. Like, the therapy can happen in different ways. Yeah. So, angels. Angels. <laughs> I want to start when, like, when was the first sort of, have you always had an obsession with angels? Did it start later? Did it? It started later. But what's weird is that I was always meant to find them. 
And I just recently moved out of my dad's house, like my childhood home, super traumatic summer. <laughs> it was it was really hard to move out of like my mom's dream house that my parents built together. And I found angel signs everywhere. Like I found like angel emblems, angel tokens, like things that were mine that I never acknowledged or knew. And it was so crazy. But I have a Ferrucci ab obsession, which I feel like you do too. I feel like you or you appreciate caught, it. Caught me red handed. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I got recently into that a few years ago, maybe four or five years ago when it came back to the States and I just got obsessed with cherubs and people started calling me cherub and angel and I just went full throttle into my interest as I do and they become a part of my personality. So I literally have just been obsessed with angels and cherubs for five years. Which is, which is interesting. I think that's also like, you know, an evolution of your relationship with your mom. Totally. And that's what I always thought. Like, it took me a while to put together all the pieces, but I was like, oh, it was, I was meant to find this. Like, and then when I talked to a medium a few months ago, like my mom was like, angels, angels. Like it got to the point where you probably have met my plaster cherubs, Elizabeth yes. and James. Yes. So <laughs> I was carrying these plaster cherubs everywhere with me for a year. <laughs> like I have one, I had one in LA, I had one in New York. Like I flew with them on the plane. Like I had one in my car, like <laughs> no joke. I go hard and I had these cherubs and my mom knew that their names were Elizabeth and James. And I'm just like, how? She's always with me because she knows about these plaster cherubs. And this medium is Googling yeah. random plastic cherubs I got from a vintage site. Like, no. So am I unhinged? So you go hard. Go hard. You go hard. And so angels found their way into your new company. They really did. Yeah. But I don't even think that I intended for that. Charlotte really, like, I just feel like... It just happened. Like we started to emulate this energy and I was like, dude's gonna have the, well, no, I mean, I influenced it for sure and helped direct that. But like, it just naturally seeped its way into the brand and it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Right? Yeah. Um, and weirdly, angels have been popular in the past couple of years, which I don't know why either other than like the Fiji cherubs. I don't know, but I feel like they're everywhere now. Just so you guys know, Charlotte is Marta's business partner yes. in Do Skin. So we have a little context there and they have amazing, um, amazing skincare products and forever eye masks. Oh yeah, forever eye masks. You guys should get yours. And so it integrates itself into the branding, yeah. which then is just really an extension of you and Charlotte For and sure. sort of you guys coming together. But it, nothing about it ever feels like, the, what I love about Marta's branding is that everything almost feels very like, nothing feels branded. Thank you. That's true. Thank you. I like authenticity is really important to me and I feel like it can't be taught. It's just is. No, it can't, <laughs> it can't be taught. Well, that's just true. It's like, you know, what, so that's actually what I want, I want to talk about a little bit too, is that it, it, it takes guts. It takes a lot of guts to get on social media and just messy cry and share that with the world. No, I'm serious. Thank you. Thank you. Because it was very powerful I mean, I think I DM'd you about it. Like, it was very powerful for me to watch. I've had a few moments this with friends on social media where they do something really sort of raw. Mm -hmm. And it touches me in like a really, really deep way because it's so scary to be that like bear. Yeah. And then just like up for public consumption. For sure. I don't even know why I started I to say, cry why, on Instagram. Why did, what made you do that? I mean, it should be known that I've always been a big crier. And 
It's literally in my bio on do that I was sent to therapy for crying in high school. Are you a water moon? <laughs> I am not a water moon. No, wait, I am a I'm a water moon. I'm, I'm a Virgo moon, which is crazy. Oh, okay. All right. Scorpio rising Gemini Sun, it makes no sense. Just highly, highly emotional and really sensitive, but not in like a sad way. But um so yeah, I just started crying on the internet and I realized how well received it was. But also knowing this, I will say a lot of my followers follow me because I talk openly about my mom passing and I always have. And I was open about her um, cancer journey and how hard it was for me. I mean, Instagram, I got an Instagram right when I graduated college. So my mom was only around for a year of me being on Instagram. So I mean, my whole Instagram journey has been me talking about my grief. And um, I don't really want to call myself a grief influencer, but I get messages every single day, every single day without fail from someone being like, I followed you for five years or I just recently followed you because you talk about your mom passing and either it's helped me so much or questions like, is this normal to feel this way? or my boyfriend just lost his parents. How can I support him? And I am so grateful for those. And I I just feel like it's part of my purpose is to be vulnerable on the internet and to help people in that way. I just want to just peel it back because I believe, or maybe I aspire or hope that we're entering sort of a different age of influencers, right? We've had a very sort of like superficial surface level relationship on social media about like what people are wearing, where they're vacationing. And I'm much more interested in these types of conversations. And yeah. so, quote, unquote, if grief influencing were to be a thing, I think that'd be an incredible thing. Totally. Because it's substantive and you're connecting people and you're making people feel seen and heard and letting them know their grief is okay. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. And it's interesting because I have been asked so many times over my 20s, like, come to this, like, connect group where you can meet other kids who have lost parents or, like, come to these things. And I've always said no because I've always been scared to go to that kind of environment, like an AA for grief. And I understand how important like group therapy is when it's intentional, but I find so much of that on the internet. And that I think is why I cry because like, I'm so bad at asking for help or texting my friends, I'm sad. Like it's so much easier for my friends to see that I'm sad. <laughs> the other thing is that a lot of people don't know how to talk about grief. So whether or not it's happened to you, or someone in your life. I had a friend pass away last year and in the process, she had a very rare form of cancer. And in the process of like seeing her and being there for her on that journey, a lot of what we talked about was that people weren't during that process willing to acknowledge that she might die or that she has a colostomy bag because she had to get things taken out of her body. Right. And it was that process where I was talking with her and I'm sort of, as everyone knows, like I'm pretty real and I'll talk about the things but it was that she was like, I can't pretend like this, this is my situation. I'm sick, I have cancer, I think I'm gonna beat it, which sadly she didn't. But how do you, like, what would you tell people for people that are dealing with someone, whether they're sick or have passed, like how to show up for someone that has like experienced loss? Yeah, um, I'm sorry. Um, let me think for one second. A yeah. good thoughtful answer. She's a answer. real angel. <laughs> yeah. no, my friend was a real, like a real angel. So you're like, oh, it's just a human angel. Yeah. Who had to go back. Of course. That's so real. So I'd, I'd like to say that there's nothing wrong you can say, but that is so far from the truth. There have been so many people who have said things. What were the worst things that were said to you that you knew came from like a well-intentioned um, place, but 
she's in a better place. You're like, fuck off. Like what? Yeah, of course. But like, that's not making me feel better. I still want my mom. And my little sister just got married a year ago about. And when I tell you all day, people were telling me not to cry. Like the, I got in a fight with her, her wedding planner because we were in line to like walk down the aisle <laughs> and she looked at me she's like don't cry and I like pulled her to the side and I was like my fucking mother died like don't you dare to sorry I curse a lot I was like don't you dare tell me to not cry and I had like a fight with the wedding planner at my sister's wedding because she said the wrong thing it's like a highly sensitive day for everyone no matter what it's her wedding day yes but it's my mother who's absent like it's always good to be kinder but if you don't know what to say, I would honestly not say anything sometimes. <laughs> or you could just say like, hey, or, I don't know the yeah, right thing or to I don't, say, totally. but I want you to know that I'm here for you. Totally. I'm sort of struggling with the right language, which is also fine. Totally. That That is like a thoughtful answer. I mean, a, a thoughtful message is always so much better than a, she's in a better place or don't be sad or you'll feel better and X or... I try not to do this where people will be like, does it ever get better? And you're like, yes. Well, okay. It doesn't get better. You get better at dealing with it. Right. That's like a pretty standard. People will say like, what's your two? Like, what's your three? Like, and it's truly different for everyone. But so I love that you say that. Does it get better? You just get better dealing with it. For sure. I stole this from someone. I don't know who, but it comes up on the podcast. But I talk about how, you know, when life throws me curveballs now, it's not that like the first time it happened always felt so devastating. And now I'm just like, I have better shock absorbers on the car mm -hmm. and I just like mm -hmm. deal with things better. But I know that. So my dad, you know, lost his dad. And he always says for me, he always says to me that this has stuck with me for a long time is that there's just days he wakes up and he just goes to call his dad mm -hmm. and realizes he can't. Yeah. And my dad is sort of less emotional. But I think about that a lot. And the idea that like, you know, this very integral person in your life and like, even though you get better at dealing with it, it makes sense to me. It would be just as hard on that, some days. I totally agree. And with you saying that, I have a question for you. Do you think we learn how to deal with grief from watching our parents? I'm much more emotional <laughs> than both my parents. So I don't, I think I'm, I'm also the only one that goes to therapy, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I think, I think what I have taken from my parents, there's like certain moments of their emotions. And because I'm an emotional person, it really resonates with me. And so even though I think both my parents probably handle grief differently than I do, um, I think the sentiment, like the, there's the sentimental part of them is what I connect with. Mm -hmm. And so my dad's stuff like that, because I know that's going to be me. Like I call my parents every day because I'm weirdly um, keen on mortality. Like I think a lot That's about- That's amazing. More people should be like you. I should call my dad every day. It's a little, it's a little, I, I've thought about it for a long time. So for me, I really try and think about life in that capacity yeah. that like, if something does happen, have I done, made the most of the time that I have? Yeah. And so with my dad, for example, when he says that, like I think about that, I'm like the idea that like I couldn't, call my mom or my dad on a daily basis that that hits me because I do because I want them to be a rich part a full part of my life I want them to know what's going on I want them to participate and so as and when we've made the most of what we have you just inspired me 
<laughs> oh God, Denise, that was beautiful. Everyone should call their parents and do that too. If you have a relationship with them, that's so nice. Or if, if it's not like your blood family, it's your chosen yeah, family. I just sure. think that even with the pandemic and like, that's a lot of why I wanted you to come here is because we're all experienced loss, whether it's like just the idea that we can't see people, we can't be in community in the same way. So the internet's a great place to build community, but to just tell people we care, mm-hmm. like connect. I think it's just really made it clear, like what is the most important thing in our lives? It's our people. Mm-hmm. It is, it's people is everything. And I feel like I say that every day and business or in relationships like I just moved out of my apartment in New York and I've had three months to do this but of course I waited till the last week to pack because people were more important it was more important for me to see all my friends for two months than to pack my apartment Mm -hmm. and so many people don't put people first they don't and this is a lot of what I want to bring to the forefront yeah and sort of this podcast and the work that like because you do it well but it's like to build a business, you not only you need like a pack or community, because whether it's just like the people that are purchasing your product or your employees, and this is the part that always kills me because all these companies are growing at crazy rates and then they're not taking care of their people. You we missed that we've missed the plot. Right. The, the point is you don't have anything worthwhile in business or in life if you don't have your people. One hundred percent agree. So I want to go back a little bit. Okay. To do skin. And so the process of building the angels into the branding, I also want to talk about as you were like, was there a piece of building this company that was cathartic for you? Building a company and doing it right and doing it the real way is really, really, really hard and scary. And I will say I've learned to be pretty fearless and my partner is too. I think we're both, we're not risk averse, but we're fearless. And I, my dad's gonna be so mad if he ever listens to this, but we did acid together like two or three years ago. And I just remember him looking at me and being so scared and being like, I'm like, dad, like mom would want me to do this too. Like you're scared, like be fearless. And I just, it's stuck with me ever since because we started do around that time. And it's just like, it's not for everyone, but it's cathartic in the sense where you're just like, this feels crazy. <laughs> Get another crazy day. <laughs> like, who knows what's gonna happen? I hope this works out. I don't know. It's crazy. <laughs> but I recommend it. I totally recommend it. It's the best feeling ever too. But cathartic, I mean, it's as crazy as anything is in life. You just like gotta go for it because life is short. That's what makes me an entrepreneur so yeah, exactly. particular is that there's nowhere to hide. You're just sort of like facing everything at once. And it's, it is a very fearless road. Totally. And I'm sorry that that was so not that eloquent, but no, I mean, we're, we're on a raw journey. Be fearless <laughs> is what it's about. No, but I feel that way all the time where I'm like, I'm so less afraid to do things now than I was when I first took the plunge. Yeah. And part of that is good. And part of that is probably you know, that's good in some ways because I'm very unfiltered and I'm very just who I am. And I'm sort of like, you know, take it or leave it. Totally. And I feel that way about the work that I do, which is like, it's, if it's not for everyone, that's okay. But there is something scary about putting things out in the world, which is why I think I was in awe of like sort of you sharing everything on social media, because I'm a very sort of like open person. Like I'm a very like forthright person, but that's a, I felt very, that felt very scary to me, which is why I was like, that's dope. 
It's so weird what people are just comfortable doing because they're definitely like my partner is huge on um, she's a TikTok person and I can't say I can't do a TikTok to save my life. Like I posted a dance on TikTok the other day on my story. The only the first only time I'll ever do it. Like it's just like, but I'm okay crying. I'm okay sobbing on my story, but I can't do a dance or like talk to the camera. I think my secret calling will be dancing on TikTok, but I'm just uh, not ready to succumb. It's such a good workout. I'm, I'm, I just, I guess I don't want to be known as like a dancer on TikTok. For sure. Same. But yeah, I mean, there are times where I wake up and I'm just like, why did I start doing this <laughs> about Instagram as a whole? Because like when you're vulnerable for so long and then you want to not be vulnerable anymore. I don't know. I think you can choose how to engage with your content. I have yeah. friends that were like all up in Instagram now or just sort of taking sabbaticals. And I think you have to do what makes you feel good. Yeah, you're right. And that's sort of, yeah, for me, it's like sometimes I post more and sometimes I don't post at all. And I'm just. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I, <laughs> the week I moved out of my childhood home, I remember posting this dramatic thing on Instagram. I'm like, I just want to feel this. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to take some time off of the Internet. And then like I realized how much I needed my community of like my friends and my people who follow me to like DM me these. Pa- like it was beautiful. I got these paragraphs of just encouragement and like love and people empathizing with me and it was just so needed like it saved my life that week like I didn't need to take clonopin like I was able to help my dad and not cry the whole time like I really leaned on using Instagram to support me through a really hard time so I'm grateful for it but again crazy (laughs) but I think that's beautiful because you've built something honest and real it's not like you're just like an influencer looking for you know people just be like oh you look great da 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 no you're like I've built this authentic thread with people that it's it's a different type of community as I think it's your version of exactly like a whatever a grief meeting whatever that would look like wow you're right thank you yeah I think it's cool okay so I want to know a little bit more about how you have found spirit. Oh my God. My I'm favorite thing so to talk excited. about. My toxic trait. No, I'm just kidding. It's the least toxic trait. It's so fun. So my friend that I stay with here, Sivan, she's amazing. She's an angel, a true angel. So as I found so many friends over the past five to seven years who have lost parents that are my best friends now, parents and also close people. So Sivan lost her brother and it's totally transformed her life how it did mine and she meets people and she's like my purpose is to help you contact them or like my purpose is to like and I've met so many people over the past couple years who have healed me in a lot of ways and I think I help heal other people and it's just this like gift that we all share and pass around and I met her I want to say four years ago and she said like oh my god you lost your mom like I have a medium she's amazing I've been going to her for a decade I was scared for three years and I finally went in January (laughs) and it changed my life like literally changed my life like I could talk about it for hours well I want to hear all about it so tell me (laughs) so I'm also like just personally a bit obsessed with like mediums like yeah I I do believe in all of that stuff um so you were scared yeah I was so scared what, what was the point where you were like it doesn't matter how scared I am I need to do this like what was the switch so I've considered it in the past 
two years. And I will say last year, me and her medium had a few appointments where either she had to cancel or I had to cancel and it hadn't been meant to be. And Sivan like isn't pushy at all, but she'd be like, oh, I have an appointment. Like, do you want to come? Do you want to talk to your mom? And I'd be like, no, 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 I'm too scared. Like, I don't want to open that door because I knew as soon as I opened it, number one, I'd be obsessed. <laughs> and that would be where all of my money went. And I have spent a lot on mediums in the past few months. Not, not that much, but, um, and I just knew that I was just scared of the unknown. And then her medium, um, we had an appointment in February and it was the start of COVID, I guess, or like a week before COVID had started where people weren't in masks yet, but like things were about to get weird. Her medium called me and she was like, Hey, I just got a sign where like, I don't think you should come to my studio in Encino or my office in Encino. Can I come to where you are? She didn't know that I know Sivan and that it was her house. So the medium came over and like, it was just this magical experience where like, I was meant to be in a comfortable environment at my friend's house with her medium who she's known for 10 years and her brother came through too. And like, my mom came through so strong. I had no doubts. The stuff she said was crazy. Like she knew my sister's wedding cake didn't taste that good. <laughs> and my mom knew that it didn't taste good. <laughs> and like just little details that like I wouldn't post on the internet right. or there was no way in hell she'd know. And I'm trying to think back specifically to like why it was so crazy, but it was just so validating to know that like my mom is there with me and she's here right now with me and she's every moment. And um, wow, I'm, it's crazy I haven't cried until right now. <laughs> this podcast, it's a record. But I mean, that was my first time. I have probably talked to like three other mediums since probably like four or five times total. And it's the same thing every time. So then my personal journey with it is that like I don't need mediums anymore because I kind of know what I'm going to get and I don't need to use them for other things. Like I don't need to know about the future of do. I mean, I do. I'd love to, but like, that's not why I was going. I was going to talk to my mom, but my mom knows more about do than my dad does. Like that's how involved she is in my life. She knows when I get a new tattoo, like oh I want, I'd like talk to a medium, uh, um, uh, man, the day before we launched do, on the anniversary of my mom passing or like around the anniversary of my mom passing. And the medium was like, your mom said like, chill on the tattoos. <laughs> and I had just gotten to like, it's just like funny. The cherub thing is funny. It's really, 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 really cool. But in tandem with that, I mean, I think a lot of us are in a spiritual awakening right now. And like, not to sound super LA, but I've been in one for a couple of years. So it just started to piece together like, Oh, like I get these downloads. I can hear her in my head now. Like I can talk to her. I can talk out loud and ask for a sign and then I'll get it. And it's cool. It's cool to see a physical manifestation of you connecting to the other side. Yeah. And it's so real. I just think it's also like as we're more, I just recently did um, astrocartography. Oh my God. Yes. Same. I was it's like, so uh, cool. It's really, really my LA reading. I was like, wow, could not be really. It was like, you're here to be a warrior and stand up for what you believe in. And I was like, well, this it is like, it's like a, a journey of me proving myself. And I was yeah. like, yeah, that feels accurate. Uh, it feels like what it's been like really hard and really. It's intense. so specific and so specific. true. 
But Paris for me, where I studied abroad is about like finding myself, but it's also about like where I should go do rituals for grief and things Ugh. like that. And so I was like, it'd be interesting because I was in Paris, you know, in my early twenties abroad, but then, you know, uh, on vacation a couple years after or whatever, I used to go uh, see my friends there. And I was like, how interesting it would be to go back as a more conscious person yeah, and see what it feels like. Yeah. Because obviously I was drawn to that city for a reason, but I think that I was still less conscious when I was experiencing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. I think it'd be really interesting to spend more time there aware of that information, but also as someone that is a little bit more evolved as I, than I was 10 years ago. Totally. That's so real, especially in grief. Like I just went, when we launched do, I went to the shore in New Jersey, Wildcrest at the same beach that I grew up going to. Well, um, with my mom and that morning I talked to a medium and she was like, you're at Diamond Beach. I'm like, how would they know that I'm at Diamond Beach? But my point to what you just said is that I thought I was gonna be a wreck. I thought it was gonna be terrible. I was like, why would I go here the the day we're launching due? And it's just like, it was so symbolic for me to take it full circle and to be there as a 30 year old and like deal with my grief and face it and sit with it. I went alone and I got a hotel for four nights. Like who does that and just, sat in my grief at 30 years old while I'm launching a company. And it literally, I will never forget it. So I highly, highly, highly recommend go anywhere that you're called to, to like face what you think you need to deal with there. But also feel it. I think that's and feel it. the biggest yeah. thing is that giving yourself the space and the time yeah. to just say, I'm going to take four days and I'm just going to be emotional. And I think we don't allow ourselves to no. really do that. And yeah. I think it's such an important part of processing and you talk about like just, you know, dealing with it better. Well, part of that is because you let yourself move through it instead of like trying to suppress it. Totally. And letting go of all the judgment that's around it. Like I used to with work, too, I'd be hard on myself. Like I can't concentrate today. And it's like, no, dude, you can't concentrate because you just lost your mom two months ago or a year ago or a year and a half ago. Like you're okay. You're allowed to have off days. There are days now where I can't work on her birthday or there's just hard days. And I just feel like, I don't know, we're not allowed. We're not allowed because we hold each other to these, like, I don't know, standards of you need to be okay. And in 2020, that's still happening. And that sucks. We should all work. over Exactly. Prioritizing work over feelings. Yeah. So let's talk about that now that you're a business owner and a boss, sort of in that experience, having worked for other people when you were going through this versus now, obviously you would do things differently. What were some of the things that sort of happened to you work-wise that made you realize there was a, why you sort of had to be your own person? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I have a fashion background. I went to FIT. I did like the fashion thing for five years. I don't recommend it if there's any young listeners. (laughs) Go do something better for the world than working in fashion. But I worked for a sleepwear company the year that my mom died and I did like fabric stuff for them. And the day of my mom's funeral, (laughs) I get this email from my manager who was 32 or 33 at the time. So now almost at her age, I couldn't imagine dealing with anyone in this way. And she was about to go on her maternity leave. And she was like, hey, like, I know today's hard for you, but like, I really need you to come in tomorrow. (laughs) Like, love, Kate. (laughs) And I remember sternly emailing back, like, first of all, it was the day of her funeral. I can't imagine still that I got that email from my boss, like insane. 
think I sternly said no. And I went in on Friday because she was like, absolutely. Ultimately, you need to come in. Like, I need to pass things over to you. Like we were making sleepwear. We were not saving lives. I never forgot it. And I held exactly. And I held it against her. I held it against the company for a year and a half that when I quit, I went to the CEO and I was like, I was treated in this way. And it affected my mental health every day since. And you should never treat anyone like this. And, and they apologized. And I don't even know, like if anything came out of it, but I'm glad I went to the CEO and told them that it was not okay. It took me a year and a half though to get the courage to do that. <laughs> that must have been hard because you're also it was like, hard. Do I need a job. I mean, that's the hard part yeah. when you're dealing with like money, but also a value system and totally. that, like, you can't just quit. They literally thought because they gave me a week to go to hospice and be with my mom when she was dying that like I needed to come in th- the day after the funeral. And it wasn't about money. It was about like her giving me no other option. She was like, I need you to come in. I'm having a baby. And I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But I will say it, it really did impact me for every job since. The next two jobs after that, I had um, one incredible boss who knew all of this and said like, hey, if you ever just don't feel up to it, like take a sad day. So then like I would just take sad days. I was like, okay, I'm going to take all the sad days I didn't get when I was 23 and 24. So I took them in 25, 26, 27. I take them now. Yeah. Like I'll like I'll text my partner and be like, tomorrow's the anniversary. Tomorrow's Mother's Day. Like I can't work or like I'm not going to be online. I think it's a really important. I don't believe that the structure we have in terms of like quote unquote productivity yeah. Works for most people. For sure. It's not like one size fits all. Everyone works differently. I tend to be more efficient. So like for me, an eight hour work day, unless I'm like supposed to be working a 15 hour day, doesn't make sense because I am just a lot more, I'm just, I'm a quicker worker. Mm -hmm. Um, Jealous. No, I mean, it's different. Like my brother is like, he's a, he processes differently. And so it takes him longer sometimes to do things. And it doesn't mean that anything's right or wrong, but it just means that like, it has to be malleable to different people and how they work. And so, you know, for certain people, it's like, I need more sad days. I need more hours. I need less hours. So how can we make a flexible schedule that actually ends up increasing productivity? Totally. And I mean... I worked my ass off after my mom died because I wanted to prove a point to my boss. I wanted to be like, fuck you when you come back from the maternity leave, everything's gonna be perfect and great with a cherry on top, and it was. And I also launched a nail decal line I named after her when I was 24. And I got into I got it into Nasty Gal, which at the time was really, really cool. And I was Very really cool. proud of myself as a 24-year-old. And I launched Hot Girls Eating Pizza, which is this Instagram that I met my entire network from. So (laughs) I definitely turned it into things, but only things that felt good to me. I wasn't going to give this boss or job any more than what I, what they asked me to. And that was a stretch and only to prove a point. So I just think if you want good employees, treat them well. (laughs) And oh my God, I, I would never, I like, if this ever happens to anyone that works for do or any other thing that I do in the future, God forbid, like companies should have like a grief program or something that because it's a really, really big natural part of life and no one knows how to deal with it. I think there needs to be more empathy 
sort of across the board yeah. for employees and people. We need to figure out structures that are just that are taking in your personal lives. And that applies to like, you know, women that are working or men whose like wives are having babies. The mm-hmm. idea that we have this assumption where domestic labor is still large and women, like all these small nuanced things when it comes to like, you know, your personal life. We can only work a 40 hour week yeah. if you have someone at home helping you. Like if, sure. otherwise, who's doing the dishes, who's cleaning the house and who's doing laundry. And so like, how can we build in and work structures, like things to support yeah. people in their humanity? Oh my God. We didn't even talk about that. Like how you can't do anything when you're upset about losing anyone or anything. Like I don't remember how my dad got up and went to work or how anyone does anything, but you just do it. And I think you're paralyzed yeah, or you, you or it, or you're going through it, but you don't remember. They say trauma. You can mm-hmm. like things are like you can go through life, but not feel very present. Yeah. That so makes sense. It, it becomes a thing later that you have to sort of reconcile with with trauma. So I think that people push forward doesn't mean they're OK. Oh, my God. You're so right. I didn't cry for like six months. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then it just hits you a year later. And yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to jump into our rapid fire questions. OK. OK. So there's. Five questions, same ones for everyone. Uh, just whatever comes to your gut. What would you tell your 20 year old self? Oh my God, you're gonna have so much fun. But you should not have all nighters and really, really prioritize sleep. Always prioritize sleep or get the forever. Or, yeah. <laughs> what is the last book you read? Um, okay, in my beach bag, I have this angel book, The 72 Angels of Kabbalah. Mm. It's been really fun. And then, I just read this like creative entrepreneur book, but I don't remember what it was called, but it was really amazing and inspiring. I just read it like last week. You get it, me. I'll put in the notes. Yeah, I will. She'll get it to me and I'll put in the notes yes. for all of you. What are you struggling with right now? Oh man, transitions are hard for me and I'm struggling with transitioning from New York to LA after 12 years. I'm trying to learn how to be productive during COVID time still. And everything's just hard. It's hard transitions, but I'm grateful. What is bringing you joy right now? Oh, this insane gratitude for everything. Like I'm so grateful for Jew and my family and my friends. And I don't know, we have a new president. Everything will be better soon. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is the best like wisdom nugget you've ever received? Oh my God, that's so hard. Trying to think of something my mom said to me. Okay, my grandmom still tells me this. She had a bunch of businesses and like my mom grew up with like her parents always having to do their family business stuff. And she hates that I work as much as I do. And she always says, if you can't take one hour for yourself, what's the point? Ooh, (laughs) get it. Yeah, so whenever I like need to do a workout or do something, I tell myself like, you deserve this hour. Like go work out, go for a walk, go hang out with your friend, go to the beach. It helps. It does help. Will you tell us, it's not in my rapid fire questions, but I would love you to sort of leave our listeners with a couple things that you really love about your mom. Oh my God, I'm gonna cry. Um, honestly, this sounds crazy, but I feel like when she died, I absorbed a lot of her energy and that's why a lot of things in my life have happened. She was so magical and she was a little psychic and I've been learning that I'm also a little psychic through working with psychics and it's been really fun to explore that gift. Yeah. She was so special. I'm so lucky. 
you are you are also very special and i feel very special to have even the pleasure and honor and very humbled to have you share this with my audience thank you so much thank you for having me i love this i'm gonna do our takeaways now so hopefully if you're struggling or someone you know is struggling these are things that can maybe the episode can be helpful for but i think one of the major things that marta said is that grief is not linear and you can't expect yourself to just get over it i think it's learning how to live with grief and as marta said it doesn't get better you just get better at dealing with it if you um have the inspiration to maybe try some things um as we've learned from marta here she has channeled her mother through mediums angel cards the internet she's really found power of community online and i think that's something if you're struggling these are interesting modalities to try and find what makes you feel good people are everything if someone in your life is struggling and you don't have the right words to say what you think is correct just say i'm struggling with the right words but i'm here for you and there's a lot of ways to show up for people and the most important thing is that people know that they're loved and they're seen and heard and i loved what you said about the reciprocity of healing between you and your community i think that that's really important how do we heal each other how do we heal ourselves and be fearless be fearless we have one life and marta embodies that and i'm so thrilled and honored to be able to talk about this and i hope it gives you a little piece of breath or relief if you are going through it thank you thank you all for listening you can continue to listen and subscribe to do the work on spotify apple podcast google podcast and stitcher it makes a huge difference if you can review if you can share and rate this podcast Thank you so much to Entertainment Speakers Bureau, to Angela, to Nichelle, to David, to Matt, to Smart Post Sound, Lenny for that musical intro, Lindsay for the graphics. I am forever in gratitude. I hope you all find and continue to live in your purpose. Mm-hmm.